Please stand for the call to worship. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not In faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. Excuse my lighting the Advent candle early. Greetings in the name of Jesus this morning. The God who shines his light in the darkness greets us and welcomes us to come to him today and he offers you this greeting. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Would you receive that greeting by saying amen? amen? And would you greet one another in God's peace this morning? We welcome you to stay afterwards for our finger food Christmas potluck as you continue getting to know each other and sharing in this time. Please stay standing for a little town of Bethlehem.
Please be seated. We come before our God who has made our confession and forgiveness possible. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Let us confess our need for God's grace together. Pray with me. God of grace and truth, in Jesus Christ you came among us as light shining in darkness. We confess that we have not welcomed the light or trusted your news to be good. We have closed our eyes to your glory in our midst, expecting little and hoping for less. Forgive our doubt and renew our hope so that we may receive the fullness of your grace and live in the truth of Christ the Lord. Amen. Take just a moment for quiet, for silent confession. And hear this assurance of pardon. Jesus said, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In Christ, we have the forgiveness of sins. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Anton, one of the deacons. I'm here to introduce the offering today, but first, welcome to you all, and especially to visitors. I forgot to bring a bulletin with me, but if you want to connect with our church, on the back page is a slip you can fill in and tear off and leave in the basket at the back, which will um, get you connected to our church. You can sign up for emails and things like that. Um, you can also sign up online. There's a QR code on the same back page of the bulletin that you can scan to do it through our website. There are two bowls up here. We only have one offering though, and that's for our general fund. Um, the fund that is uh, our financial lifeblood as a church, keep us in the building and staffed and enable us to minister to Madison and even far away in distant parts of the world through our missionaries. The offering, to the, the general fund offering goes in the wooden bowl if you're bringing it in person or otherwise you can also give online through our website at genevacampuschurch.org. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bring our gifts to you with thanks, with amazement for your grace, to us as we are reminded this season especially. And we just commit these gifts to you for your blessing and, and fruit on them. In Jesus' name, amen.
As we enter into the lessons and carols portion of our service today, I invite you to turn to page 8 where you'll find our bidding prayer that we're going to pray together. And then as we go through the lessons and carols, uh, those will uh, not be announced. And so we can uh, stand for the songs um, and the readers can uh, just come forward uh, for their readings. Let's uh, gather our hearts together uh, before the Lord. Beloved in Christ, as we gather in this Advent season, let it be our great joy to prepare ourselves to hear the message of the angels and in heart and mind to go even to Bethlehem to see the babe lying in the manger. But first, let us remember the needs of others and pray for people throughout the earth. Let us remember in Jesus' name those whose needs are great. Lastly, let us remember before God all those who rejoice with us, but upon another shore and in a greater light. to 15. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is it that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring, He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel.
There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea.
Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies. He promised to show mercy to our fathers. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham. Free to worship him without fear. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. To give his people knowledge of salvation. In the tender compassion of our God. To shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death. Matthew 1, 18-23. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
This is a reading from Revelation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her new husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. The word of the Lord. In the five passages that we've read today, uh, from Genesis, Isaiah, the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Matthew, and the book of Revelation, we've outlined the story of the whole Bible. The story begins in a garden and ends in a garden city. In the first garden, in Genesis 3, we heard God's pronouncement to the serpent. What evil has done to God's good creation will not go unopposed. Theologians have a fancy word for this pronouncement from God in Genesis 3. They call it the Proto-Evangelion, the the Proto-Gospel, the first announcement of the promise of the Messiah. When God says to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. The serpent's head will be crushed by the offspring of Eve, though at great cost to himself. God has a plan, and this plan is the meta-narrative of the whole Bible, the story of God's commitment to save, to renew, and to heal the world. The final text that we heard from the book of Revelation shows us the garden city. This is John's vision of the renewed world, the new heavens and the new earth. The symbolism here is is rich with images from the first garden. We find the river of the water of life, just like the river that flowed out of Eden. There is the tree of life on either side of the river whose leaves are for the healing of the nations. And God himself dwells there as he walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. The new creation brings comfort and healing. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. We live in the time between the garden and the garden city. And as we approach the celebration of Christmas this week, let me invite you to consider two ways that this big story of the Bible can inform our understanding of Christmas and and deepen our appreciation of it. First, the story of the Bible is a radically honest story. It's honest about both the beauty 
and the brokenness of human beings. Genesis 1 teaches us that we were made in the image of God. But Genesis 3 teaches us that we also have a bent toward self-centeredness and self-deception that damages ourselves and, and others. For some of you here today, you, you look back over the past year and you see the results of that kind of self-centeredness in your own life and in the world around you. Pain and grief and confusion and doubt. I, I know this is true because I've talked to many of you and I, I've heard your stories. In this, what some people call the most wonderful time of the year, it can often be a temptation for us to just pretend that everything is okay when it's not. We can cover up our hurt or our anger or we escape in one way or another. But the celebration of Christmas does not mean pretending that everything is okay when it's not. We see both beauty and brokenness in the very stories that we tell in this season. We see great beauty in the faith and humility of Joseph and Mary. And we see great brokenness in the violence of Herod. The story of Christmas itself invites us to be radically honest about human history, about our own lives, and even the failures that we sometimes find in the church. It's not hard to find examples in the news of violence, corruption, injustice, apathy, or greed. Totalitarian dictators who brutalize young women or send thousands of young men to their deaths in pointless wars. Business executives who pretend to be the most altruistic people in the world while lining their own pockets. Or church leaders who care most for their own reputations or platforms. We long for the world to be different. But as Marilyn Robinson suggests, even our longing may be a sign, a foreshadowing, she calls it, that the world will be made whole, that we are meant for something different. Christians can be honest about problems and failures because we know that this is not the way it's supposed to be. This brings us to our, our second and final point. Yes, there is a realism in the Bible story, but Christians can also be the most hopeful people because the birth of Jesus comes in the middle of the story, in the middle of history. While we are still on the way, in the midst of our brokenness, God meets us. The, the promise of the gospel is that God is not just waiting for us at the end of our lives to judge how well we have done. He has entered into the middle of the story in the person and work of Jesus. He is Emmanuel, God with us. The gospel declares that in the incarnation, God took on flesh and became one of us before anything is fixed. This is why, through his whole life, we always find Jesus close to the sick and the suffering and the outcasts. He is in the mess and with messy people. If what Christians believe about Jesus is true, then it means that there is a source of hope and joy and peace to which we may cling, even in the darkest of times. God does not only make himself known in power and strength, he makes himself known in weakness and vulnerability. One of my goals for the Kirk family over the next two weeks is that we watch the Lord of the Rings movies again. Tolkien captures so well the beauty and the brokenness of the world in his portrayal there of the struggle between good and evil, sacrifice, virtue, and honor. You'll remember the basic plot of the story the evil wizard Sauron created the one ring that had the power to rule all the creatures of Middle-earth, the men, the dwarves, the elves. And after the ring is discovered, someone is needed to carry it to the fires of Mount Doom to destroy it forever. Who would you expect to be chosen for such a mighty quest? A strong dwarf? A wise elf? A powerful human being? 
But none of these take the ring. To everyone's surprise, it's a hobbit who offers to take the ring to Mount Doom. The hobbits are the weakest and most insignificant of the peoples of Middle-earth. So Frodo takes the ring and sets out to Mordor with his friend Sam Gamgee. And for me, one of the most important moments in the whole story comes near the end when Frodo himself becomes overwhelmed by the burden of the ring. He cannot give the ring to anyone else, but Sam, who is a servant always, is willing to lift Frodo on his back and carry him up Mount Doom. He says to Frodo, Come on, Mr. Frodo. I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. Even Frodo needs the help of a hobbit weaker than himself to destroy the ring of power. Friends, this is the good news that we celebrate in this coming week. God comes to us not as we might expect in great power and strength. He comes to us in weakness. He comes in the weakest form imaginable, a vulnerable infant baby. And in his weakness, he carries us. And as if the weakness of a baby was not enough, he becomes even weaker. He humbles himself by becoming a dying man on a cross. You see, we often have it all backward. We think it's that when we're strong and have it all together, that we're closest to God, that God is most with us. But if Christmas shows us the character of God and his heart for our fallen world, then he is most deeply with us in our weakness, in our failures, in our need for grace. This means that you can bring anything to him. You can come to him just as you are, bringing any failure, any sin, any hurt, and he will always be ready to move toward you in his suffering, self-sacrificial, forgiving love. So let me encourage you to look to him this week. Let's look forward to Christmas with anticipation of his coming love. And today, as we gather around his table, we remember that he is with us even now in the breaking of the bread. Do you believe this? Let's believe it together. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you today for your loving character, your willingness to serve even us in our foolishness and rebellion. We pray today that you would open our eyes to see more of your love in the birth of Jesus. Thank you for his humility, and we pray too that we would love as he loves and serve as he serves. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And now as we come to the table of Christ, we invite all those who are trusting in Christ for their salvation, who've shown that publicly in baptism to join us here at this table. This is the table of Christ in every time and place. Uh, we'll come down the central aisle and you can take the bread from the servers and then the cups which are on the sides today and return to your seats and then we will commune together. Please turn to page 18 for our service. And let's stand. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. We thank you, Father, for the words of your prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling. In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken.
Grateful hearts, Father, we echo the praise of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Our souls magnify the Lord, and our spirits rejoice in God our Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servants. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. The Mighty One has done great things for us, and holy is his name. This is the good news we received and for which we give thanks. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, this is my body, which is for you. Do this to remember me. Then he took the cup and he gave thanks and he offered it to his disciples, saying, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Strengthen us, O God, in the power of your spirit to bring good news to the poor and lift blind eyes to sight, to loose the chains that bind and claim your blessing for all people. Keep us faithful in your service until Christ comes in final victory and we shall feast with all your saints in the joy of your eternal realm. Come to the joyful feast of the Lord. These are the gifts of God for the people of God.
Friends, take, eat, remember, believe. Jesus died for the forgiveness of all your sins. Let's pray together and we'll close with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, thank you for feeding us today with the body and blood of Christ. We pray that as you have fed us, that you would send us out to feed others, to be signs and witnesses to your grace in our lives and in this world, and prepare us to celebrate the birth of your son at Christmas. And it's uh, as he taught us to pray that we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're going to close today by singing verse 5 of Angels from the Realms of Glory. Is our choir going to come up and lead us in that final verse? I hope so. We, let's all stand and sing together. much, Micah, and our special choir today. We're so grateful for having you lead us today. Uh, thanks to everyone for being with us, uh, especially if you're visiting. We'd love to get to know you better. Uh, we are, have our special finger food potluck after the service, so please stay for that. You'll find lots of other announcements uh, on pages 24 and 25. I don't think anything needs to be especially highlighted except for what Adam has. But it's going to be quick, so we can all remain standing. <laughs> Um, I'm doing some photography for our social streams and website because those are woefully uh, out of date. If you prefer to not have your photo taken or your children's photos to not be taken, just like holler at me um, before, during, or after I actually push the button and we'll make sure that we respect those sorts of desires. Thanks. Um, I'm looking for, my name's Alicia. I'm helping put together the scripture readers for Christmas Eve, so that's this Saturday night at 5 p.m. We had a great response from the older generation in our church. So I'm looking to represent someone from, let's say, 30 and under. Um, and the youngest would be just that you can read. So <laughs> we'd love to have a younger voice. If you know you're going to be there and are willing to read, please find me after the service. Thanks. Hey, I'm Jeremiah. Uh, question for a show of hands, and please be honest in your responses. How many people would agree with the statement, the year 2022 in the city of Madison, Wisconsin, is an unusually difficult time to raise healthy Christian kids? Okay, moderate response. Uh, so, uh, a few months ago, Jim uh, asked me to see if uh, in a group of parents would be interested in getting together to have discussions around difficult topics that we struggle with as parents raising Christian kids in Madison, Wisconsin. That includes things like the mental health crisis that's going on and the fact that the most likely uh, cause of the biggest aspects of the mental health crisis in young kids is social media use during puberty, right? So how do we deal with that when all our kids' friends are on it? Uh, questions about how do we choose what schools to send our kids to, things like how do we decide whether to get our kids tested for ADHD, etc. So if you are interested in participating in discussions around topics like this where we can sort of join our shared wisdom together and try to seek the Lord's will for our kids as parents together, um, 
please say hi to me during potluck or send me an email. Um, I would love to talk with you. Um, I'll also probably be reaching out to people who've got grown kids or people who have special like experiences like you know being a mental health counselor or a teacher or something like that um, to see if you'd be willing to share with us your wisdom. So yeah, look forward to talking with you more. Thanks. Thanks everyone. Looking forward to our uh, time together now, but uh, wherever you go, whenever you go, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.